The Wholeness Network. Awaken to the reality of wholeness. Whether speaking on large stages or intimate group retreats or in private coaching, Tiffany Peterson helps her clients develop positive success habits and sell strategies. She's guided many people, teams, and audiences to double, even triple their sales while cultivating a thriving and meaningful personal life in the process. At the Wholeness Network Live, Tiffany dissects worth and taught us to ask ourselves, what do you need, sweetheart? I want you to think about what is the safest place on earth for you? Think about the place that feels like love. Think about a person that feels like safe and love, cozy even, acceptance. But a place or a person and who comes to mind. And thinking about what it is that makes that space so magical for you. The smells, maybe it's like your grandmother's cinnamon rolls, or it's the beauty of the farm. But think about the place that just feels like love and peace and safety, that feels like home. And how many of you think of that and think of yourself? I know for me, in the work and the journey that I'm on for myself and for the others that I get to travel this path with, is there's an awakening coming. It's already here and it's coming louder and louder of coming home. Come home. And home is you. Home is in your heart and with you that you could be. My biggest hope and dream for you is that you are the safest place on this earth. That whether you're in the slums or you're in a mansion, or you're with a huge group of people and whether you feel really connected or you feel completely alone, that you make that journey over and over again to come home and to practice this and to be in a committed relationship with you. I don't know about you, I assume so, that you can relate, that I've spent many, many years and many, many times and experiences over and over again looking for love, looking for validation, looking for approval outside of myself. And while there's nothing wrong with having desires and achievements and beautiful relationships, of course not. This is a whole beautiful, extravagant, extraordinary, messy, incredible life. But it's being connected to, most importantly, you. This has been a painful journey for me at times. We come into this world and we know that we exist based on other people and other people's reactions to us. And we learn from young ages to older ages as kids and now just kids with longer legs and some of us not 
much longer legs. <laughs> but the reality is that we've all spent the time and the pain and the energy looking for hope and peace and safety outside of ourselves. We've hustled for approval from a parent. Maybe it was athletics was the way that we got our worth validated or achievements or money or the, maybe the way that we felt like we were worthy, valuable, or we fit in was through vandalism or doing drugs. But we were all searching for a way to feel lovable, to feel whole, to feel like we mattered. And there's some ways that in our society we validate as healthier ways of getting that need met and less healthier ways. But always looking for home outside of us, in a person, in a lover, in accolades, in Instagram likes, in a number on a scale, all the ways that we've created or pursued or chased the things. But ultimately don't fill us. Is this resonating? Am I in the right room? Did I show up on my right assignment today? With this message, as much as it's here, I'm sharing it. It's for me. It's all of our work. And so here's my ask of you, the strategic side of my life or my brain that loves to have you think about strategically, how can I foster more home within myself? What feels like love to you? Sometimes what feels like love to me is a beautiful meditation or time in my garden and sometimes what feels like love for me is peanut butter cups and Netflix in my bed. No judgment, right? But it's learning how to show up for you, but asking sincerely as an architect of your life, intentionally, consciously. We know that thoughts have power. We know that vision has power. We know that what we think about or focus on expands, that you are all a powerful creator. And sometimes we forget that and we're just recreating what's autopilot and what's familiar. All the stories you've been telling for a really long time. One of my favorite quotes by a gentleman named Cody Bateman where he says, the story on the inside becomes the reality on the outside. And so what stories are you telling? I have a lot. And some work for me towards what I want to create and some hold me back. And they just recycle the pain. But it's becoming a conscious, intentional creator once again a recommitment back home to I'm the creator of the quality of my life. How am I showing up for me? What feels like love? What feels like home? And that you architect that. What brings you joy? Many of my clients, my little, my just love working with this, as all the things that we work on together, I love helping them get clear on what's their joy list. What brings them joy? And they create a list of 15 things that cost money and 15 things that don't. The list can get bigger and longer, of course, too. Feel empowered with that. But the reality is you choosing intentionally to say, I'm going to fill up me. I'm going to, rather than waiting, rather than hoping, wishing, waiting, I'm going to get invited to sit with the cool kids. Or I'm going to get that date or that exclusive invitation or that accolade or that award. That I'm going to give it to myself. I'm going to give myself the love that I'm so desperately seeking from somewhere or someone else, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into that. I remember years ago, I had, was in the middle of, or had just gone through, I don't remember the exact timing, but a divorce. 
which is a great personal development opportunity, by the way, in case you're wondering, you know. But I'd gone through this experience, and I remember being in the shower, because you know that's where a lot of times like our spiritual insights or downloads come. And I remember thinking this thought, and it's an interesting thought, but I remember thinking the thought, because now I had this new freedom, that it was like I was now free to find the one. I was going to go find the right one. And I remember being in the shower, and this was quite liberating and quite depressing for me at the same moment. And it was like, the right one is you. And I was like, really? Like, there's no one, like, coming in on a horse that's going to, like, save the day? That's really sad. That fairy tale. What? Seriously? Like Ryan Gosling's not walking through the front door, the horse and a dozen roses, and of course, you know, like great spiritual awareness, because that's super sexy, right? Spiritual awareness now is like the new sexy. It's like, I was on a date recently. I don't know if I should tell this. I didn't plan to say this. But I was on a date recently, and I went into the date like, oh, this be fine, you know, nice and whatever, nice guy, and he's handsome and, you know, whatnot, and we're having this great conversation, you know, conversation's actually great. And then out of nowhere, he says, yeah, so when I was reading Byron Katie's work, and I was like, excuse me? I was like, oh, I might be in trouble, just a second. But in all sincerity, it's not the guy or the woman or the job title or the thing. And that doesn't mean that, again, pursuing your goals, your education, your businesses, your income goals, your your love and your intimacy and your connection is we all crave that. But I'm just asking us to take a reset to come home. Is are you cultivating your own inner sanctuary? That whether it's the mountains or a cathedral or the same way that when you feel super connected to a best friend or to your significant other, is that same connection for you? And that you're in relationship there first. I've spent a lot of time, as I've mentioned, learning this lesson is how often we look for approval or love from other people but, or other places, but also is how often we're breaking our own hearts because we're living in the land of comparison. Are you content today? Have you felt contentment yet today or this week? Because to me, that's the new measurement of success. And that we spend so much time wishing we were someone other than who we were. Or that we were somewhere other than where we were right now. And we just spend our whole lives wishing for some other day or some other experience. Rather than right where you are in this moment. And if in this moment your life is beautiful and you love it, give great gratitude for that. And if your life is messy and hard and painful, give gratitude for that. What's this here to teach me is one of my favorite inquiry questions when I'm stuck in my own emotional stuff. What's this here to teach me? But the power or the challenge of when we live in the land of comparison, right, as Theodore Roosevelt has said, comparison is the thief of all joy. Is have you ever compared yourself to anyone and come out the same? No. Ever, and you never will. We either compare ourselves to someone or something else, and we come out feeling superior, better than, but more likely we come out feeling inferior, 
I grew up as a natural redhead. And I absolutely hated it. Oh, I grew up here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Utah has changed a decent amount since I've lived here, my life. But there wasn't a lot of diversity, right? And so I'm this little, scrawny little redhead. Natural redheaded. And I love it now, right? Now you, I was like, oh, I just, thank you. But at the time, I hated it. And all of you can probably relate to this at some level. And maybe it wasn't your hair color, but maybe it was like you had straight hair, you wanted curly. You had curly hair, you wanted straight. You were too tall or you're too short. You're too curvy or, or not curvy enough, right? And it's just whatever the things would be. And so here I was. I got to tell you this because it always just brings me home to this sweet place and coming back to just loving what I call my eighth grade self. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That eighth grade self. Think about that eighth grade self. For anyone, was that a glory year for you? <laughs> Anybody? It wasn't, sure wasn't for me. Personal life, a lot of turmoil. My mom had just gotten remarried, stepdad, stepkids, blending of a family, you know, situation, being involved in, in you know, a new neighborhood. We'd moved and all of these things. A lot of up, upheaval. And here I am this little scrawny little redhead, tiny little thing. Now, I didn't break 100 pounds until I was a senior in high school. Now, some of you just judge me, and you're like, tough problem, broad, right? <laughs> but I was so skinny that my extra small dance tights would like flap on me in my like little recital, and you're just like, what? Okay, so I'm this skinny little stick, no curves, right? And I have this red hair, and because I am a natural redhead, my skin color, I'm so fair, right? Now, the, the polite way people be like, oh, you just have the prettiest porcelain skin. No, friends, it glows in the dark. It's white as white. <laughs> it's like if we are hot tubbing together, there's no need for a light. Tiff's here, right? Because it just glows. Again, so I'm this stickly little white thing with this red hair, and to make matters worse, this red hair at the time, which will date me some, was permed. <laughs> some of you don't even know what a perm is. Some of you youngins in the group. You don't even know what, you know what Snapchat is, but you have no idea what a perm is. So I have this red-headed perm that's an afro, and today I have the energy I could rock that. Today I've grown into the woman that could hold the space of a red afro. But as my scrawny, stickly, little insecure, no boobs, no hips, little eighth grade self, I sure couldn't. And so to give you a visual, what I looked like in the eighth grade, I was a red velvet cake pop. <laughs> Forever you're going to see that. That's a good association, though, for you to have towards me, because that's sweet, right? But sometimes that eighth grade self, and I remember being in Washington, D.C., I did an internship out there in college, I was 23 years old. I remember writing in my journal, it was the first crack into my own self-love of really looking at. And I remember thinking and writing, I wish I would have liked myself sooner. And still today, years later, I'm still working on that. I'm still practicing coming home. 
And sometimes that eighth grade self who's so highly insecure about how she looks and do I fit in and am I saying it right and am I, am I dressed right and do I look the part, oh my gosh, and does he like me, not like me, am I wanted, not wanted, I'm included, not belonging, all the things that that eighth grade self, you know what I'm talking about, she some still, sometimes still shows up in my grown-up self, grown-up body. How many of you can relate to that, Right? But the difference that's happened for me that's different today and that it's a practice is rather than shaming her when she shows up, is loving her. What do you need, sweetheart? That's the question I invite all of you to write down. What do I need? What do you need, sweetheart? And make sure you include that sweetheart. Like you're talking to that four-year-old self or that eighth-grade self is rather than shaming her or him, when you say, gosh, why'd my ego show up again in that meeting or my relationship or my insecurity or this or that, is it's okay, sweetheart. What do you need? What is it that you really need? So when you find yourself in the hustle and the comparison and the approval seeking and your thumbs that are really in shape, right? Sometimes we're like watching that scroll other people are like, wow, look how fit they are. And I'm like, potato chip? That's really good, right? <laughs> but when we're in the space of comparing and, and thinking and experiencing, being stuck in that loop of emotional pain, of feeling like, I'm not enough, I don't measure up, I'm, not, I'm, I'm lacking in some way, is catching that loop and just coming back home. What do you need, sweetheart? That you choose to prioritize your heart and your life and your love, and it will never be perfect, ever. No matter what it looks like on social media, no matter what it looks like on the outside, it's never perfect. But what can be consistent is your commitment. I invite you sincerely to marry yourself. Get in a committed relationship with you, and you make it a conscious, intentional decision and then activities that what brings me joy what lifts me what brings me home what helps me feel more at peace within the skin that I'm in and that you you move into this love that you're the only you that will ever be on the planet and all those years I spent wishing oh I wish I was blonde or taller or curvier or that I was just this thing or that thing or had this I spent a lot of years wishing I was someone other than who I was And rather than coming home to like, this is it. This is your life, one life. You're the only you. But it's choosing it. Choose you. Have your own back. Make a conscious decision no matter where the past's been or what the addictions have looked like. It's just choosing into the next level of intimacy with you and to come home. Come home. Choose that. You are your very best friend. You're the love you're looking for. You are the right one for you. And while it won't always feel this way, and you won't always feel the love and the gratitude and the connection, the feelings ebb and flow, but the commitment can remain the same. 
enter into that committed relationship where you're going to say, I'm going to choose to show up for me. I'm going to choose to nourish me. I'm going to choose to give myself that love. Perfect? No. Committed? Absolutely. Come home. That's where your true love is. Thank you for listening. Join the community of knowledge and growth at thewholenessnetwork.com.